Our lesson for this morning, of course we all know that today is recognized widely as Father's Day. And so I do like to do lessons that kind of go with the theme of the day sometimes. And so that's, that's the, the leaning of this lesson. Today's lesson is entitled, Fathers and God's Design for the Home. And though the aim of this lesson is to encourage fathers and how they should lead their homes in the ways of God, it, it may also serve other purposes. It, it serves as a tribute to fathers who are leading or have led their homes in the ways of God. Maybe you can, can think back to your own fathers and how they have led the home in the past and, and use that as an example. It is a reminder of uh, the godly fathers that many of us can recognize and celebrate. And so we have these other purposes in mind as we look at a lesson such as the one that we have for today. As we look at the home, and, and it seems like we don't do a lot of lessons on the home, but as we look at the, the home, we have to understand that God does have a plan for the home. God has a plan for the home. He has a plan for the role of the father. He has a plan for the role of the mother. He has a plan for the role of the child or children within the home. And when each fulfills his or her role within the home, it promises to produce a beautiful family. Now does that mean that everything is perfect in our homes? Certainly not. I, I'm sure that, that we've all noticed things that, that could be changed, things that could may, be made better, but it does produce a beautiful family, a beautiful home at least in the eyes of God. A godly home invites the blessings of God upon it and is thankful for each blessing that is enjoyed. A godly home is a godly example of what God desires for the home. It is a great blessing to those who are able to look back to their own childhoods as examples of what a godly home should be like in order to, to pattern our own homes after their example. This is God's intent for his people. And so even though we may have older children, some of us, we can teach our grandchildren these same lessons and teach them what the home should be like from God's standpoint. And that should be our goal. Our lesson objectives for this morning are first of all to learn what a godly home is and is like. And secondly, to do our best to make our homes after the godly examples set before us. Learning from the mistakes of those in the Bible or even in those in our own lives. Maybe you come from a broken home or something of that nature. Let us learn from those mistakes of others. Let us learn what God desires for His people. And for the home. Now the home is 
uh, of great importance in our nation and our society because the more godly homes, the, the more homes that, that are patterned after God's will, the more our nation will, will lean in that way as well. The, the better our world will be because we have more children coming into the world that, that are brought up in godly homes. And so they can continue that pattern. The home has a very important place in our world today. And it is important that we see its importance also. We begin our lesson with God's design for the home. It is important for us to recognize God's design for the home. And in recognizing God's design for the home, we see God's pattern. Even how it was set forth from the beginning. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And let's begin reading at verse 21. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said in verse 23, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. And be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked. The man and his wife. And were not ashamed. Sometimes when we read these verses we leave out verse 25. But I, I include it for a reason. Because it's important that we notice that the husband and wife were without shame before one another. And they were without shame before God. In their original creation, this is how God intended for it to be. And what was God's purpose in forming and breathing life into woman? He had already brought into the world man. But what was his purpose for woman? Go back a few verses to verse 18. Let's read through verse 20. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So what was God's purpose in creating woman? He created her to be a helper. A help meet, as some translations put it. A helper comparable to Adam. Someone that, that he could have for his own. Someone that, that could help him through the difficulties of life. 
She was to be an encouragement to him in life, in matters of spirituality. And we notice that as a helper, she is capable of helping him make important decisions regarding the home. Let's turn to the New Testament for a moment. Ephesians chapter 5 and beginning with verse 22. Ephesians 5 and verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Husbands are not to mistreat their wives or neglect them, but to love and cherish them, caring for them, and working to make provision for their needs. As husbands fulfill their respective role in the home, wives are to submit to their authority in the home. And this is similar to how Christians and even leaders in the church are to submit wholeheartedly to the authority of Christ as the head of the church. Even the leaders in the church, our elders, even they look to the authority of Christ before making any decision. And in the same way, the woman looks to her husband, but remember that she is a helper to him and that she is also capable of helping him make decisions. And a wise husband will look to his wife before he makes decisions for the family. He will consider her input before making important decisions. The home is, most often, not just made up of husbands and wives, but they also involve children. Children are also a part of, of God's design for the home, as they are given a role in the home as well. Remember the fifth commandment, Exodus 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land, which the Lord your God is giving you. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, 
for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Children have a duty and a responsibility in the home. They are to honor their father and mother. They are to be obedient to them. At least to the point uh, that it may keep them from doing God's will. But they are to be obedient to their parents. And we understand that children are a blessing to their families. Look at the latter portion of Psalm 127. Beginning with verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. There are many today that, that may look at, at children in a different way. And maybe I don't know from the standpoint of a father, but I do know from the standpoint of a preschool teacher that sometimes children can be trying. Sometimes they can be difficult, especially in their younger years. Well, really at any point in their life. But they are a blessing. They are a reward. And they are something to be thankful for. Unfortunately, it seems that many are shamed today for having many children. But as part of God's design, these children, especially godly children, are meant as a blessing to all. Then we turn our attention to the responsibilities of fathers to the home because that's, that's really what the point of our study is for today. Responsibilities of fathers to the home. As we look at fathers, a father, his responsibility, first of all, toward his wife, and likely the mother of his children, he is given the responsibility of keeping his promises, his vows. Genesis 2, verse 24. We've already read it, but let's read it again. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. As he and his wife are now one, he is to remain faithful to her as his primary responsibility for her care. Secondarily, he is still responsible to his parents, but he is no longer a part of their home as he has now begun a home of his own. And this home is foremost in his responsibilities. I may not tell it exactly right, but I remember a few years ago in one of our classes in the school of preaching that there is a, a story that was told of, uh, of a young couple. They, they got married and and they started their, their own home and they had a fight, a pretty big fight. They were mad at each other. And so the wife packed up her belongings and she went back to her house. 
And she was met at the door by her father. And she said, I, I need to come back home. I, I, can't, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Her father said, you've begun a home of your own. You have a family of your own. You have a husband that you're responsible for. And he made her go back home to her husband. They worked through their differences and, and they overcame what they went through. When we promise our lives to another, we are responsible for keeping those promises. A man cannot fulfill his intended role in the home if he is not faithful to his promises to his wife. To love and cherish her. To care for her as his own body. To endure with her through whatever may come to them in the best of times as well as the worst of them, riches or poverty, health or illness. He has a duty to remain with her and be faithful to her despite whatever may come to them in this life until only death may part them. And woe to the man who violates his responsibilities to his home. In 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 and 10 we read a list of sins. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus Himself defined what adultery is or what it could be. In verse 27 of Matthew 5, You've heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Even a lustful look can lead to the full-on sin of adultery. Man has responsibility to remain faithful to his wife. To thicken them, whatever they may face. He must remain faithful to her until death do them part. Their marriage is sacred before God. Jesus continues into verse 31 of Matthew 5. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that whoever divorces his wife, for any reason except sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Divorce for any cause is a violation of the promise 
made to the wife, aside from the sin of adultery. It is a violation of promises made to the wife in the presence of Almighty God. Man has responsibility in his home. He has a responsibility to his wife foremost to remain faithful to her. And he has a responsibility to his children. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Fathers are to control themselves before their children. They are not to provoke them to wrath and anger. Fathers are given the primary responsibility of training them in the ways of the Lord. Proverbs 22 and verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. And though this is a responsibility of, of both parents, this is the father, of the father's primary concern for his family. Just because a father may, may work a, a long day doesn't mean that, that he, he doesn't have any responsibility toward his children, that the mother should be responsible for rearing them. The father, the father is an important figure in that home. He is the leader of his home. As Christ is the head of the church, he is to lead himself and his wife, the mother of his children and his children, to live according to God's standards. And doing so brings glory to God, the creator and designer of the home. Fathers are very, very important to the home. And they do have their responsibilities. And again, fathers are not the only ones given responsibility for the home. Wives and mothers, they have their responsibilities as well. And children are responsible for being obedient and respectful. And they should be taught to honor their father and their mother. This is God's design for the home. Now today we see a great many cases where God's design is not followed. and On many occasions we see that children are born out of wedlock and, and that's no fault of their own. But God had a plan when He created man and woman. He had a plan for the home. And it's important that we recognize His plan for the home. If we want life to be fulfilling and if we want life to, to be a blessing, we find God's blessings when we follow His design for the home. There's a song. I didn't ask you to sing it because I don't think he knows it. Although I'm going to borrow your book if that's okay. Number 186. 
I think it would be appropriate for us to sing this song today. Number 186. God give us Christian homes. 186. Mm-hmm. God give us Christian homes. point in our lesson where we offer the invitation and maybe it is that you need to respond maybe you're not a Christian maybe you have not obeyed the gospel and maybe you need to come and, and offer your life to Christ maybe you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins maybe it is that you need to come repenting or asking for forgiveness or asking for prayer on your behalf maybe it is that you realize that your life is, is not what it should be 
in the eyes of God and you want to make it right before it is too late. And either way, we give you the opportunity to respond if that is your need as together we stand and as we sing. Days are filled with sorrow and care.